When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis. Have you ever wanted to be a mouse in the corner at a Washington, D.C. cocktail party and listen in on the private and off-the-record conversations of the bigwigs in government? If you have, then here is your invitation to attend such a party as an invisible guest. You're in the beautifully decorated living room of a spacious apartment in the Washington suburb of Georgetown. It's just 10 o'clock, and Congressman Albert Donaldson's informal get-together is proceeding nicely. Proceeding just as Darlene Donaldson, Albert's charming wife, had planned it. Many of the party's kingmakers are here. Many of the old guard, too, and some of the bright young movers and shakers. Even John McBride is here. McBride, you read his syndicated Washington column, of course. Yes, this night could mark the beginning of a serious movement that might win Donaldson his party's nomination for president. If all goes right. And it seems to be going beautifully. But if the Donaldsons only knew, there is one guest here tonight who has in his pocket at this very moment all that's needed to finish Donaldson in politics for good. Which one is it? What does he have? How will he use it? In a moment, you'll join the 62 very important people at the congressman's party as Crisis offers you a tale called Hard Evidence. Now, a congressman and his lovely wife all part of a hard night's work. <laughs> well, you're certainly welcome, Bob. Well, Mr. McBride, what are you drinking? Let me freshen it up for you. Seven up. That's bourbon and seven, right? Just plain seven up, Congressman. And I have plenty, thank you. Uh, you're sure now. Hey, I don't want to pick up your column tomorrow and find out I'll let John McBride get thirsty. <laughs> assuming I write about it at all. Oh, yes, <laughs> yes, assuming... Yes, that you write about it at all. Well, thank you, Senator. We're really no different than when Albert was still in the business down home. We just like to have a few friends in now oh, and then. I'm sorry, Mrs. Donaldson. Oh, no, you didn't spill a thing. Oh, do you know Senator Claiborne? This is... Oh, I'm sorry. Stoller, Lyle Stoller. Of course. How are you, Senator? Uh, can I get you another drink, Mr. Stoller? Oh, no, not right now, thanks. 
Uh, I was wondering if you could manage to introduce me to your husband, Mrs. Donaldson. Oh, to help it? Why, of course. Uh, don't you I'm know? working on Senator Charlson's investigating subcommittee, and the senator has the flu and couldn't make it. And he urged me to use his invitation. Well, I'm so glad you were able to come. I think Elbert is over here by the piano. Naturally, the party has to have a strong response to that kind of criticism. And in my judgment, a strong response begins with admitting where we've been wrong. Now, that's how I ran my business for 22 years, and that's the policy I think the party and the whole administration, for that matter, ought to live by. You follow me? Elbert? Oh, oh, excuse me. Yes, dear? Senator Charlton has the flu. I didn't think I'd seen him tonight. But he was kind enough to send Mr. Stoley here to come in his place. Well, I'm on the Charlton subcommittee, Congressman, and I wanted to, uh... Sure, sure. Certainly glad you could make it. Glad to know oh, you. Excuse me. I'll be back in just... Glad to know you, Congressman. But then I feel as though I've known you a long time. Well, that's nice to hear. Power of the press must be. Well, I'm sure you know Mr. John McBride here, the columnist. Oh, well, this is certainly an honor, sir. I didn't get the name. A Stoller. Lyle Stoller? Oh, yes. Uh, Congressman, when you have a minute... Well, I'll be right with you, Mr. Stoller. Uh, Mr. McBride and I were... We were just chatting. Nothing important. I'll talk to you later. Oh, well, well, I'd like to get into that with you again, Mr. McBride. I hope I didn't interrupt anything. Oh, no, uh... You were saying... Uh, I was just saying that uh, when you have a minute, there's something I'd like to show you. Oh, that's so? What's that? Well, it's something I've turned up in our investigation. Oh, yes, the uh, Charlton Subcommittee. Right. Well, I certainly commend Senator Charlton for the fine work he's doing. Oh, excuse me a second. Hey, Kelly. How are you? Nice to see you. I'll be with you in a minute. Get yourself a drink now, you hear? Yes, now, um, what was it? Oh, uh, the Charlton Committee. Uh, yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm very anxious to correlate your committee's findings with the outcome of our congressional fact-finding panel on government waste. Seems to me that we could be saving the taxpayers a lot of money by not going over the same ground as... Mr. Donaldson? Yes? I brought something to show you. Well, as you can see, I'm sort of tied up at the moment. Uh, this has to do with your nomination for president. Oh, is that so? If we could find some place to talk. Well, there's a, there's a bedroom. Follow me. Yes, uh, all right. Go ahead. In the course of doing some investigating for the subcommittee, uh, I went into the 1974 trip that you made to Greece and Turkey for the Foreign Relations Committee. Yes. I won't bore you with the little details of how I happened to run into this, but I think you'll be interested in this um, film strip. Uh, what, have you, what have you got there, microfilm? Uh, no, no, it's standard 8-millimeter movie film. A series of still photos printed on it. Well, what's this got to do with my trip? I have this little viewer. Uh, let me slip the film into it. Ah, there. Hold it up to that lamp. All right. Uh, what is this? Well, it's pretty obvious what it is. Well, what am I supposed to make of this? Oh, come, come now, Congressman. Well, I presume you can buy this sort of trash at many places, Mr. Stoller. I don't care for it myself. You can't buy this sequence in any store. Not with the um, illustrious cast of characters. What do you mean? Uh, look at it um, closely. All right. It's a, it's a man and a woman. No, not just any man and any woman. Is it, Congressman? It's you. You are out of your mind. Uh, the afternoon of Saturday, April 14th, 1974, in the hotel room of Alexis Dalmore. The lady is Miss Dalmore. You know, down where I come from, a fellow like you would have a hard time standing up after trying to pull something like this. Uh, the uh, liaison with Miss Dalmore was arranged uh, by the Greek aide to the charge d'affaires. 
since defected to the Soviet Union. And you think you've got something on me, is that it? And Miss Dalmore, Congressman, is now identified positively as a grade one Soviet spy. Yes, she was a spy. Now, you've manufactured the whole thing. You know, I underestimated my own importance. You boys have gone to a lot of trouble to fake a few pictures. Of course they aren't faked. They're perfectly genuine, and you know it. Well, that little bitty film, you can't make out a single feature of, of anyone. Either one of them. But just imagine this scene blown up on a ten-foot projection screen. I assure you, your own face is very, very readily recognizable, and so is your voice. The voice? This is a clip from a 20-minute sound film that was made by Russian agents in the room next to Miss Dalmore's, using a one-way mirror. Russian? You walked Russian. into a very old-fashioned trap. Oh, no. How did you get that thing? Oh, there's no sense in going into all that. The question right now is keeping it out of circulation. All right, what's your pitch? As a patriot, Mr. Donaldson, your course is clear. You must not enter any race for president of the United States. This film exists. It can be used against you now, or at any later time. It proves beyond the slightest question that you were not only an unfaithful husband, but you talked quite freely to a Russian agent. I didn't tell one thing to that woman. Your voice on the soundtrack can plainly be heard referring to the American interest in a trade of military bases. That didn't tell her anything. It told the Red Army intelligence people that we no longer required missile bases as close to the Soviet Union as before which gave them all the confirmation in the world that we'd perfected a longer-range ground-to-air missile defense system than they thought we had. One small piece of the jigsaw. Yes. Is there any possible way of my obtaining the film? That may be possible. Well, how? Well, I'll let you know. When? Why not now? Go on, what are the terms? I said i let you know. Now, I've kept you away from your guests too long already. Thanks for your time, Congressman. Well, as an invisible guest in the Donaldson apartment, you've heard Lyle Stoller burst his bombshell. Congressman Albert Donaldson, who a few minutes ago felt he was laying the first important groundwork for a presidential campaign, is now so shaken that he scarcely trusts himself to confront his guests again. He has only one refuge, his wife, Darlene. He manages to catch her eye, and she senses immediately that something is wrong. Excusing herself, she takes his arm, and they escape into the kitchen. Darling, what on earth is it? Are you sick? Well, you're as pale as a ghost. I've, I've just got to talk to you. Now? Oh, darling, we've got 65 people out there. I can't... Now. Now. It has to be now. You know this Stoller? Stoller? Oh, yes. The man Senator Charlton sent in his place. He's a blackmailer. What? Well, he... He showed me a piece of film that... Well, that what? That incriminates me. Incriminate you how? In, in what way? Well, if I try to run for the presidency, he'll use it. Wait a minute. What's on the film? Well, can we just leave it that it's incriminating? I see. When was the film 
1974. That doesn't matter. It's a tiny, insignificant thing of the past. But it could incriminate you. Yes. Then it... Then the film is authentic. It could be. Listen, Darlene, I need help. Can't you see that? I'm going to need you to stand by me. Will you do that? I always have. I know. How did Stoller get his hands on it? Well, he says he turned it up while while he was investigating the Foreign Relations Committee trip to Greece and Turkey. Oh. So it happened there. Listen, Darlene, you've got to believe me. Excuse me. Oh, Mr. McBride. Oh, can I get you something? Just my hat and coat. Oh, but you're not leaving. Not so soon. Well, Elbert was just saying he was hoping to have a chance for a little, a little private chat with you. Weren't you, dear? Uh, that, that's right. Well, I'd stay if you were going to divulge something incriminating, Congressman. What do you mean? I haven't anything incriminating. Oh, of course not, of course not, but there, there just might be something exclusive for you, Mr. Bright. Please stay. Hmm. <laughs> Maybe I will. More 7-Up? No, thanks. I'll be out on your balcony, Congressman. If I don't freeze. <laughs> I can't talk here anymore. Anyone can walk in. Well, what did he mean incriminating? My God, do you think Stoller has talked to him? Of course not. Not if he's really trying to blackmail you. Now, look, you go lock yourself in your bathroom and pull yourself together. Darlene, darling, I want to say something to I you. I don't want to hear anymore, Albert. Not now. One of us has to keep up appearances. Well, Mr. Stoller, you're, you're empty-handed. What are you having? Nothing more, thanks. Well, I insist. As a matter of fact, I was just leaving. Oh, well, we're so glad you could make it. And tell Senator Charlton we insist he come over just as soon as he's better. May I call a cab for you? Oh, no, I have my own car, thanks. It's been so nice meeting you. My pleasure, Mrs. Donaldson. And may I say that the congressman is a very fortunate man? You're sweet to say that. Good night. Good night. And unnoticed, Darlene hurries into her bedroom and reappears a moment later in a dark coat. She goes through the door to the kitchen and is not seen again for some time. But no one notices because the two main celebrities, the famous columnist McBride and the host, Congressman Donaldson, are holding court in another part of the living room. No, I can't say anything about that at this time. Why didn't you ask the congressman? Well, I'm sure John McBride has a better intelligence network than the CIA. <laughs> Hasn't everyone? I, uh, I'm certainly honored uh, that you came to our little get-together, uh, John. I came because I hoped there'd be a story here somewhere. And I think there is. Oh? Only I haven't quite figured out what it is. Can you help me, congressman? Well, I... But let's try your balcony. You excuse us, please. That wife of yours is a real asset to you, Donaldson. I hope you take good care of her. Well, I, I try to. She intimated there in the kitchen that you might have something to tell me. I, uh... Did she? I think she mentioned that you were hoping to have a private chat with me. Well, let's have it. Uh, well... Yes? I have nothing to tell you. Not so. Oh. Well, I have something to tell you. I'm going to let you in on a little privileged information, Congressman. Someone slipped a ringer in on you tonight. 
I don't get you. I happen to know a little more than you do, I think, about one of your guests. Lyle Stoller. Charlton's man. Oh? What about him? He's probably a Russian agent. Uh, how do you know? Oh, the CIA knows. I just happened to obtain some of their data on him. The CIA knows? Every move he makes. They're just giving him enough rope to really hang himself. They want to round up the whole apparatus, not just one tentacle. They know? Then they'd know everything he does. Yes. That's why I was wondering what you and he had to talk about in the bedroom tonight. Oh, oh, all that. Oh, oh nothing. He was, he was just looking for his coat, and I had to show him where it was, and we got into a casual conversation about, about politics. Perfectly innocent. Good Lord, a, a Russian spy? Privileged information, Congressman. Oh, of course. of course. Look kind of bad when they finally spring the trap on him if you were, well, too buddy-buddy with him. Oh. I see what you mean. Of course. Well, thank you for telling me, John. I suppose the CIA will get all his personal effects when they arrest him. No doubt. Hmm. It's getting a bit chilly out here. Excuse me just a minute. Again, I thought Darlene would get there. Hello? Yes, this is Congressman Donaldson. That's right. Stoller? Yes, he was here, I, I don't know, maybe a half hour, 45 minutes ago. Why? Oh, no. Where did it happen? But that's, that's only a block from here. No, no, I'll be right here. Yes, Lieutenant. Thank you. Darlene. Good Lord. Do you know what that was? The D.C. police. Somebody's killed Stoller with an ice pick right by his car, just a block from here. I know. You know? Yes. Have you been outside? Yes. You helped me with my coat. Dar Darlene, where have you been? Here's the pocket in my coat. No, 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 the other pocket. What? Something. I just don't know what to do with. The viewer. Stoller's little plastic viewer. I got rid of the film, but the viewer was too bulky. I didn't know what to do with it. Darlene. Excuse me again. I seem to keep barging in on you, too. Oh, you're going somewhere, Mrs. Donaldson? Oh, I... Uh, no, no. Say, I could use a nice glass of cold water before I go. Where do you keep your refrigerator? Well, it's... Oh, never mind. I see it. Mind if I just help myself, Mrs. Donaldson? Oh, I'll be happy to, Mr. No, no, no. I'll just make myself at home. You know, Mrs. Donaldson, as I was saying to your husband out on the balcony a few minutes ago, it's heartwarming to see a woman so devoted to her husband. I told him, and I'll tell you, you're his greatest asset. Here, let me get the ice tray for you, Mr. McBride. I... No problem. Oh, oh, this one isn't frozen yet. Let me take it. Oh, too late, Mrs. Donaldson. You seem to have slopped water all over your floor. Oh, no, that's, that's perfectly all right. I'll, I'll just get you some ice out of the other freezer. Well, that's odd. Look what I found in your ice cube tray. A little piece of... Movie film. Oh, Albert, I tried, but, but I didn't have time to plan anything, and and I had to hide it. I, and, and in the first place.
place I thought of was, was the ice cube tray. And I thought, when it froze. <laughs> Well, the party's over. For Congressman Donaldson, who wanted to be president. For Darlene, who hoped to be first lady. For Stoller. And yes, for you, the invisible guest. The other guests will wonder what happened to their host and hostess. But they'll read all about it tomorrow in John McBride's column. I'll be back in a minute with a scene from our next program, and the names of tonight's players. Hard Evidence was written and directed by yours truly, Jim French, and featured Tom Crone, Pat French, Douglas Nye, and Stephen Hilliard. This is your producer, Jim French, inviting you to be with us next week at this time when the Golden West Radio Network presents Crisis.